Hello and welcome to Conversations, a podcast featuring stories about kindness and compassion and how one message, or story in this case, at just the right moment can change someone's entire day, outlook, or life. My name is Megan Murphy, your host and founder of the Kindness Rocks Project, a grassroots movement of many that can now be found in over 25 countries around the world. Hi there. Welcome to Conversations, everyone. My name is Megan Murphy, founder of the Kindness Rocks Project, and I am so grateful to be having this conversation today with Jody Knuff. And I just want to start by telling all the listeners, Jody, before um, I have you introduce yourself, a little bit how we met. So I was um, walking on the beach, as I often do, and I was really having this internal struggle because one of the schools down south that was interested in my school presentation package, the person in charge said, we really need research around this social-emotional learning component because it has to meet our guidelines. So research is very important. And I remember walking on the beach that morning thinking, okay, I need some research around this project. And so I was really just kind of having this internal dialogue with myself. And all of a sudden, I knew I was meeting someone that day at the beach. I just didn't know exactly why. And it was Jody. And I went over to the picnic table and waited for her to come. And she sat down and introduced herself. And now I'm going to share with you that Jody was working on research. She was getting her dissertation completed around mindfulness and families and in the school program that she was working through. And it was like an angel was sitting across from me at the table. And I thought, this is exactly what I need. And so now I want to let Jody introduce herself to you from here. So welcome, Jody. <laughs> Thank you, Megan. Um, that was very kind of you. So I'm Dr. Jody Kniff. And I just finished her dissertation on family-based mindfulness stress reduction in the schools. I ran a four-week mindfulness program in four elementary schools working with children and their parents concurrently. And we did a mindfulness practice for four weeks, once a week. And how I involved the Kindness Rocks Project is that the fourth week was on optimism, gratitude, and kindness, and we made Kindness Rocks together. So that is kind of my inspiration from Megan, from you, uh, for my work. That's amazing. So tell us all a little bit about what led you to working with this and, and making this your dissertation, and, and tell us all about it. I, I can't wait. Okay. So it's not really a happy story. It was me sitting in a room full of professionals going to a training that was mandatory on suicide awareness. And we heard a speaker, Kevin Hines, who if any of you have heard of Kevin, he is one of the only survivors from a suicide attempt off the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. And we were also going over data for our county in Pennsylvania on youth survey data from children 6th through 12th grade that was saying that there was an increase in depression, sadness, and thoughts of suicide from each year it had gone up. And I had thought to myself, what can I do not to be reactive, but to be proactive in helping save lives? 
And I thought about mindfulness and I was practicing mindfulness a little bit kind of to decrease my stress a little. And I kind of came up with this project and decided to do my dissertation on it. Well, having just come back from Florida myself, where that community has experienced two tragic suicides in the matter of a few months, I can tell you that that's a community that could use a program like this. So please go on and tell us more about this. Yeah. So one of the things I found in my research was that, you know, families and children really need a toolkit of strategies to help reduce stress. One of the researchers that I studied, his last name is Keys, and the research is from 2009. And the sentence, I'm just going to read it because it's just really profound and it's good to kind of sit with it a little bit, but there's a growing body of research suggesting that individuals free from mental illness are not necessarily mentally healthy. He's discovered that less than four in 10 young people were experiencing a positive state of mind. So when we look at that and we look at how mindfulness can change kind of our brains and how we react to stress, I built the program around that statement thinking that This project has to reach not only the people that may have a diagnosed mental illness, but there's such a large percentage of the population that don't feel mentally well. And that kind of struck me. And I felt like when you look at families, that that's the core, that's the base. Whether it's a nuclear family that we think about, one mom, one dad, kids, or if it's grandparents raising children, same-sex parents raising children, you know, children raising children, siblings raising their younger siblings, whatever that family is to that person is who I wanted to reach. And I had every kind of family in my study that met all of those types of criteria. So I felt like I had lots of different people participating and really working with me on kind of learning strategies to reduce their stress. Well, I think that's so wonderful because we can have these programs in school, but the family unit and having that continue in their home is so important in getting everybody on board, right? Right. And so this is a gap in the research. So this is the first time that, you know, we really did like a grassroots kind of program where the families actually participated in my program in four different elementary schools. So I did two sessions with two schools for four weeks and then another two schools for four weeks once a week. And we started out with just learning how to pay attention, learning how to breathe, kind of doing that together, what it feels like to relax, what it feels like to breathe, what it feels like to be present. The second week of the program, we really talked about focused attention, progressive relaxation, and really using our senses. So I did mindful eating. I did some kind of visualization. And then we always practice meditation and the breathing. And then the third week is profound because we did perspective taking. So the kids and the family and their parents got to ask each other questions in terms of something like, what are you afraid of? What's your happiest moment? What's something that you'd like me to know that I might not know about you? So they're able to take perspective of one another in the moment. And then that fourth week was kind of pulling it all together, but they did a family kind of gratitude project. So we made rocks together, but we also came up with ideas like some people were going to go to a nursing home. Other people were going to make a rock garden. Other people were going to, you know, work at the Salvation Army. And so they were doing stuff together. And I felt like 
was a catalyst in terms of how to get the family working together in hopes of starting this in elementary school and early middle school would carry over so that when kids may be feeling that stress that they get in high school, that they do have a way out other than thinking about taking their life. That the family experienced it with their child on all these stress reduction and activities that they could have that same experience and be a support to each other. So that was my intent. And I think it worked. I have a lot of great answers to questions that I posed at the end of the study. And these really struck me. So I was wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing uh, some of the responses that the participants had. Sure. So I have like parent responses and some child responses. So one of the questions was give examples of things that you noticed that changed in your overall well-being in your family as a result of participation in the program. And one person said, I've become more conscious of the changes in my mood. I feel when I meditate, I'm able to let go a little bit. We're doing more meditation as a family. It's okay to calm down even if it's for just for two minutes. A couple things with relationships with your parents, like I feel like I got to know my dad better. We practice meditation more often together. I realized we're all different and see and react to things differently. Yeah. on that In that example, again, where the relationship with your parents as a result of participating in this program, this one I thought was just so interesting. Weird, uncomfortable, and unusual, but at the same time, new and fun. I mean, that is just so honest, right? Like sometimes things are new and weird and uncomfortable. We've never tried them before, but but there's beauty in it. And and this child recognized that, but it was new and fun. So it's like, that is the beauty of this in a nutshell. Yeah. And then the parent part, same kind of thing. We have conversations at night about what it means to be grateful. It is also nice to remind them to be calm and breathe when situations become stressful. But just the fact that they had time to have that space together to realize like what gratitude is. I've noticed being more attentive when my kids are talking to me and make sure I'm paying attention and not half listening. I think that's a beautiful one. I personally have taken time each day to relax and restore. Our family appears to be more relaxed and aware of mindfulness. I expect we will continue to use some of these activities as a family, meditation, perspective, drawing, our other senses, tasting, those types of things. This one uh, really struck me too. It says, I'm trying to keep in mind my temper and not rush to anger. I'm trying to keep my child's perspective when we're having conflict. Nice. That is a great one. There's also one about mindfulness is hard on the mind and yoga is hard on the body, but it gets better with practice. I thought that that was really good because it's recognizing that life isn't easy. Sometimes we have to do things that are hard and mindfulness, it kind of what Dr. Renshaw has always preached is like mindfulness is doing hard things on purpose. But sometimes you just have to do life and sometimes life is hard, but it's how you react to the stressor that really kind of can get you through some of those tough times. So I thought that that student kind of really got that based on that response. Yeah, one, one of the other ones in, in regards to that, that I, that really struck me that I really loved was I am more aware of the changes I need to make. Wow. Yeah, that's a good one. And here's another one. We have positive times for peace. Wow. We are starting to eat more slowly. So all of these, things are just bringing like peace and calm and closeness to these families. You know, 
all of them, there's these positive changes. And the fact that they wrote so eloquently at the end of a four-week session, this was after we did everything. I just said, could you just share with me some of your thoughts? Because I felt like I wasn't teaching them, I was learning from them, and it was a togetherness kind of endeavor that we were learning about mindfulness and family mindfulness together. I'm so grateful that everyone opened up their heart because this type of work can help so many people. Absolutely. And I, yeah, I feel like the work, right, and is is that sharing that takes place. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever I go to give a talk at a school and I'm talking at the children, my favorite part is the interaction at the end. And and that's where the connection's made because they participate and they open their hearts and then we all learn from that process. Right. I think it's just being authentic and being vulnerable and knowing that that's going to be accepted and not judged yeah. is a way of healing and growth and transformation. I feel like the program was very transformative for a lot of the participants. And so that for me is the gift that not only was it a positive experience, but people just really grew from it and started spreading it and talking to other people about it. So, and the kids are using it in all aspects of their life. I got a call from one of the moms who was talking about her child and how they were meditating out on the back porch before their baseball game because ever since doing mindfulness and practicing mindfulness, their batting average went up significantly that they were able to focus that much greater. Kids' grades eventually were doing better as well. I heard like over time, it couldn't be measured in that four weeks, but having some follow-up, I was hearing that school was easier because kids were able to attend better. Teachers gave me really positive feedback in terms of doing mindfulness kind of school-wide. We have like some chimes and things like that. So that's all good. And the kindness, I think that the Choose to Be Nice program has the same effect. Yeah. So... Well, it's amazing work that you're doing. And what a gift to have all these responses from all the participants, these beautiful, authentic responses. So I personally took an adult MBSR Mm -hmm. course, which is Mindful-Based Stress Reduction for any of you listeners that don't know what that is. And it was an eight-week course where we learned all of these techniques, many of them. Mm -hmm. It gave me a complete new set of tools personally that I often call upon myself. But yesterday I was speaking at an elementary school and I thought, you know, I thought a lot about our conversation today because two of the moms had invited me to come and speak at the school. And I said to them, because they were there listening, I said, you know, how many times have you guys picked up your kids at school and just kind of like, out of habit, just said, oh, hey, kids, how was your day? And the kids start telling you and you're not listening or paying attention because not that you don't want to, but your mind is wandering, right? And you're thinking about all the things you have to do. We have play practice or we have sports and I've got to cook dinner and I don't have beans to go with the burgers or, you know, whatever that is. And so we ask the question, we lob it out there to our kids, but we're not really fully present there to receive and listen and really understand what they're trying to communicate with us. So including the the, the whole the family unit and the parents in this, I think is so powerful. Yeah. And so one of the things that I did was a pre-test and a post-test with a questionnaire to measure how effective the program was. And so a couple things 
that are pretty significant that are really kind of good to point out. I'd like to share them with you if that's okay. Yes, absolutely. So the students took a student subjective well-being questionnaire. And I will say that Dr. Tyler Renshaw had created that questionnaire. And there's several different things that they're looking at. And one is joy of learning. And so at the beginning of the study, they took the questionnaire and at the end, joy of learning was the biggest increase that the kids rated themselves, that it went up a significant amount, over 9% of their feeling joyful about learning. So it didn't matter like if they rated themselves a good student when they started the study, they rated themselves as a good student at the end. If they rated themselves as they didn't think they were a great student, that's how they rated themselves at the end. But regardless of how they felt they were academically, their joy for learning and being at school went up significantly. And also their well-being went up significantly, which I thought was amazing that just four weeks of mindfulness and kindness could do that in a child. The same thing happened with the parents. I gave them an interpersonal mindfulness and parenting skill at the beginning of the study and at the end. All the parents' interpersonal mindfulness and parenting went up from beginning to end. Non-reactivity, which is being overreactive when there's an incident with your child, so they became more non-reactive. That was a significant change. And also non-judgment, that they were able to listen to their child without judging. And then even after they heard the situation, they still did not impose judgment on it. So I thought like in four weeks, this was huge, you know, a huge, a huge finding. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that is just amazing. And, and I truly believe, you know, we all have fundamentally, that's what we all strive for, right? We strive for more joy, right? And we strive to be more present with one another. And we strive to be able to respond rather than react, especially as a parent, my goodness. <laughs> Ever since I took the MBSR course, I've been been able to be more of a responder. I used to be the reactive parent, but now you know, we're able to sit and talk. And so I think you know, what you're doing and introducing into the schools, into the family, family unit is so important. And the other thing that I would like to touch upon and ask you your thoughts on this, because you're in the educational system, I feel as if my kids were in a bubble. My my children are now in their 20s, but there was a huge push, um, you know, I'd say the last 10 to 15 years, where a lot of school districts around me in Massachusetts became school choice. And what happened was families were able to choose what schools that their children could attend. And there was um, money attached to that, right? Uh So that the state funding, if a school was performing better on academic tests, more people would be going to their school and then they'd get more funding. And so there became this real push for achievement on the standardized testing. And I feel as if there was less of of educators paying attention, not because they didn't want to, but because they didn't have the time or the resources to the overall well-being. So back to like the social emotional learning and finding joy in learning. Do you agree or what what do you see with that? I think that there is a big push for achievement and high stakes testing. I recently just started a new position in a new school district and they're a kindness school. We practice choose to be nice. And so it's very, very focused on social emotional learning. Not every school does that, but I do feel that unless you are feeling comfortable and socially balanced, 
in a joyful environment, in a supportive environment, that opens your brain for learning. When your brain is stressed, you can't learn. If you're stressing about learning, you can't learn. So I do feel that bringing joy back to the schools, being kind, being nice is the way to go. That is my personal philosophy. And I am kind of living it right now with where I am. It's a beautiful thing. That is a beautiful thing. And so with all of your research, now you're at a school that this is really the core to their values and what they want, their students, the experience they have. Mm -hmm. They must be so thrilled to be able to have someone like you and your research have you begun implementing anything there or what's happening? So we've been, you know, I've kind of been jumping on this choose to be nice bandwagon and, you know, helping with that. And then we have kindness messages every week and we kind of work in the curriculum. So I do infuse that in my school psychology work. The other thing is that we're starting mindfulness in the schools and also coming up with like parent groups and, and family mindfulness groups as we go. So that's that's the goal. So yeah, I think I think it will take off and teaching mindfulness is I think is really important and I've gotten nothing but positive support. So it is really nice. And I feel like in terms of the kindness rock it's such a great unifying therapeutic tool. It's not intrusive. I always admire the people that you have on the Instagram and the videos who do all the painting and I was thinking about it the other day that I'm not as much of a painter. I feel like I'm a joy bringer. And what I mean by that is that I introduce lots of people to Kindness Rocks and and I paint a little bit, but I kind of get my joy by helping others experience joy. So I get a lot out of bringing rocks and bringing paint and helping people experience the joy of working together, making rocks together, where I may not be as painting as much at my table, if that makes sense. No, it does make sense. You know, I think there's a name for, uh, I'm the same way. I mean, I do paint a lot of rocks. I know you paint (laughs) a lot of rocks, I think more than me, but I paint. I paint them, but when I see the people in Florida and that like how many, you know, and the woman that you was interviewed with you on the Today Show and I think, wow, you know, that's a lot of painting. I just wanted the audience to know like, you know, I'm not this huge painter, but I feel like I bring joy to others through having them experience the joy of painting rocks or creating rocks together. Or spread or introducing them to mindfulness and right, mindfulness. Right. Yeah. So there's a, you know, the name for us. I always say I'm a connector. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you are too. Like I find joy in connecting people. So if it's sharing something with them that I think, oh, this is perfect for you. I need to introduce you to this person or this activity or that, that to me brings me so much joy. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and that's kind of back to wanting to find research behind the ecological family systems model is really looking at how do you form those connections between the community, the school, the family, the person, the doctor. And when you have all of those separate systems working together, you have like a beautiful holistic picture there. And that was part of this mindfulness in the schools project of really bringing those families into the school building and feeling that peace of mind literally um, within the four walls of the school with their kids. And then that just goes out to the teachers and the administrators and it just goes from there. It just keeps paying itself forward. Yeah, it's like a ripple, right? The ripple that goes on. And recently I just stumbled across a group here on Cape Cod and they have the police officers come into the classrooms and they call them peace officers. 
Uh-huh. And I thought that was really great, you know, and they kind of come in and they do some of um, some activities with the students. And I thought that was another really clever way to reintroduce or connect those two components. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that is great. That That's really, really a good good thing that they're doing there. So Jody, at the end of all of your research, what's the What's the number one takeaway, I would say, from all of your hard work? How could you sum it up? So I think to, to sum it up is that it definitely is a promising intervention. It definitely can be used in professional practice in school psychology and school counseling. Families matter. And that I feel like the kids and the families and parents and the children got so much out of it that they achieved wellness. Overwhelming majority achieved wellness. And so I feel like that's my takeaway is that family-based mindfulness stress reduction helps improve family functioning and well-being. It's just simple like that. What wonderful work that you're doing, Jody. I mean, just listening to the passion that you have in your voice and having implemented this in four different schools and seeing you know, how your research turned out so positively. And now look, you're at this amazing school, the kindness school. I mean, that is just divine intervention, a perfect place to be. (laughs) Yes, it is just great for social emotional learning. The whole core of what we promote is the nine core values are respect, kindness, acceptance, teamwork, honesty, responsibility, friendship, patience, and courage. I mean, it's just great. And like, if you have a student that has all of that, or even three quarters of that, they're going to thrive because they're going to feel safe. They're going to be valued. They're going to be accepted. And that they know that it's the whole culture that wraps around them. It's not just their friends. It's their teachers. It's the custodians. It's the nurses. It's the counselors. It's me as a school psychologist, it's the administrators, and then it's the administration, the larger administration in the community. So it's just a beautiful thing. I just can't wait to make a rock garden. Oh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, these rock gardens are wonderful. And and coming from, I I just want to thank you for the work that you're doing, because coming from Florida, where I just was in Parkland and seeing this community that's healing from the aftermath of horrific events, and that community is healing exactly through the methods that you're talking about. They're Uh healing through the whole community coming together and offering support for one another. It would be so wonderful if we could lay that groundwork prior to tragic events. And so again, so that everybody has the tools to kind of cope with anything that comes about. But so I just want to thank you for the work that you're doing. It's, it's amazing. Oh, you're so very welcome. And, you know, I, I'm pretty transparent when I talk to the parents and the, and the children or the caregivers about just saying that this is a toolkit for, for wellness, but also in times of stress and struggle to think back to what you've learned from me and from each other, that it is working together in being attentive, being present with your feelings, not letting your feelings own you and not judging yourself. And then being able to be kind to others and be optimistic and show gratitude really helps reduce the stress. And that's where the healing begins. Absolutely. So I'm just going to share with you one of my techniques, and I'm sure that you use this. So did you um, introduce five-finger breathing 
to your classroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, so let's just mm-hmm. tell the audience. So if any of you are experiencing any stress right now, why don't you go ahead and do this with us? So if you take your hand and you open it and you take your other hand and you kind of trace your fingers with your pointer finger and just breathe in when you're tracing up the finger and then exhale when you're coming down that finger and then inhale up and exhale. And you do this until you reach all five fingers. And what it does is it regulates your breathing. It slows your heart rate. So I think Jody and I are going to leave you that that one little mindfulness tool that if anything comes your way today, please remember your five finger breathing. (laughs) Right. Five finger breathing is good. And, and, and just, be kind to yourself. Yes, that's that's exactly it. We all need to be kinder, not only to others, but we need to be kind to ourselves because it starts there. Right. So Jody, thank you so much for being my guest and having a kind conversation with me today. I so appreciate it. I appreciate you, Megan, and I'm so honored that you asked me on conversations. It's such a humbling experience for me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's version of Kindversations. If you want to learn more about the Kindness Rocks Project, you can visit thekindnessrocksproject.com or follow us on Instagram at the Kindness Rocks Project, Facebook, or on Twitter at the Kindness Rock because there were not enough letters to add project to that. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us and we'll have a new conversation next week.